Hey guys, I'm Dakota. I'm Andy. And I'm Aaron. Yeah, and we're D plus students. So this week is the third Disney Channel original movie, and it is one of my personal favorites, Brink. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All right, can we talk about this poster? We immediately looked it up and all had things to say. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so 90s. It's perfect. We had things to say before we even pressed record. Yeah, it was a, this this it, it invokes emotions. <laughs> So there are actually two movie posters for this. There's one on a blue or purple background that has Eric Von Detten front and center along with two other individuals. However, um, I chose this movie poster, which is on a white background. It's got a brink in gradient letters from like red down to yellow. It says Disney's brink. Very comic booky. Yeah, comic booky <laughs> looking. Yeah. It's got four individuals on the movie poster, and you can see a little bit of their shadows. Oh my god, I didn't even realize there were four. The guy that's upside down, I completely missed. <laughs> and the... He kind of looks like a dog on a scooter. <laughs> you thought that Eric Von Ditten had a fancy hat. We just watched a dog movie. I don't know. I didn't even notice him. He's further away than everybody else and upside down. But once I noticed him, once Dakota said there are four, I was like, what? Oh, look, there's a dog on a scooter. You know what? I'm looking at it and I absolutely see a dog on a scooter. like a beagle on a scooter like it's specific i can see this dog oh my god i just saw it i got 10 percent less excited to watch this movie when i realized it wasn't a dog on a scooter like like the face is kind of tan and the body's yeah. black and his little paws are up on the handles yeah <laughs> Everybody go look at this poster and then be depressed that there's not a beagle riding a scooter on it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to see now, and I'm not mad about it. (laughs) Also, it looks kind of like white and blue cloudy, but it also kind of looks smoky, which is bringing off like a whole different kind of vibe. (laughs) Yep, that's fair. you know what? You know what? They are clouds, because look, look right under Brink. Like, those are clouds. But I then... wasn't sure. I was like, are they supposed to be? I get, like, you know, they're, you know, extreme sporters, I'm assuming. So it, they could be, you know, getting air and be in the clouds. But it also looks like they're trying to make it look like um, rollerblade tracks, at least at the front, at um, Eric Von Detten's feet. That's the other thing. This poster is, like, so random. But then in just big black block letters, it just says starring Eric Von Detten. Like, this is... This is the pull of the movie for some reason. Right. This looks like it could be an album cover <laughs> for a Hanson yes. album. I see that. I don't want to talk about that. Like, this is 100% <laughs> Oombop. Okay. No, that's just because they skate in the Oombop video. <laughs> sure. This is Dakota's favorite band, I believe. So you, you would I do. know. I do love Hanson. Um, so the tagline says, it takes a champ to stay in line, which I know... Lots and lots of things about Brink. I've watched it as a kid. I've watched it as a preteen. I've watched it as an adult. It, at one point in time, at one point in time, Disney was doing this thing where they would play Disney Channel original movies at like midnight, 1 a.m. or so. So I got in the habit of recording them. So I recorded Brink. I recorded Motocrossed, several different ones like that. And Brink was one of the ones that I saved on my DVR and watched multiple times. So I really want to get you guys' um, guesses about what it, what it's about i'm just gonna say the only thing i'm gonna give away is it takes a champ to stay in line inline skates they're wearing skates they're inline skaters yeah i will say um i read it and i was like that's kind of a weird tag nine and then when i heard you say it out loud i'm like inline skating duh <laughs> like it did take a hot second um and before i tell you what i think it's about which i have no idea well besides sports sports ball without the ball um this <laughs> poster also it looks like I could have made it. <laughs> I was going to say on a on like Excel or something, 
Like, it's got the big comic book gradient letters. The It Takes a Champ to Stay in Line has that beautiful little, like, rainbow bend that you'd see on, like, clip art. I can actually see Clippy in the corner. <laughs> Asking, <laughs> Asking you if you need help. <laughs> I see you're using clip art. Do you need more pictures of skaters? How can I help? <laughs> like that, do you need more pictures of skating dogs? How can I help? <laughs> like that, this looks like it was just all like clip art, like random skating pictures that they just threw on a white background and we're like, I'll smear some paint in the back. Here's the 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 gradient uh, writing, and here's the curved lining to show that we're dynamic. Because the curved lining does not need to be there whatsoever. Right. Everything else is straight writing, and then just in the corner, in a little rainbow, it takes a champ to stay in line. Mm-hmm. Like the more you know. <laughs> well, but they're 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 kind of curved in a circle. The four individuals, or the three individuals, and a dog, just depending <laughs> on what you're going with. I am a hundred percent going with dog. <laughs> So, again, because I know this movie, I know that all four of these are main characters. Okay. And, again, I can't say anything else. It does star Eric Von Detten. They really want you to know that because that's on the movie poster in big letters. I'm not exactly sure what he had done previous to this. This is what I know him from, specifically. And then, of course, if any of you are familiar with a show that used to be on TV called The Mole, um, he, at one point in time... I think he won that show because I remember binge watching that because Kathy Griffith was the mall. Um, those are the things I know about Eric Von Detten. Okay. In case well, you were curious. I, I am because I know both um, both Aaron and I looked up the IMBD because I was like, I know I know this guy, but I don't know why. Just so you know, the mole, I don't see it on here. Oh, it was a real reality TV show. Okay. I, I kind of assumed, but I had no idea. It was highly entertaining. At the I time. will say the reason I brought up the IMBD was because I was like pretty sure he was an even Stevens. Like, I know he's not the guy that's now in. Um, no, I was thinking of, I was thinking of Phil of the future is the guy from um, uh, American Horror Story. So, yeah, I, I was pretty sure that he was an even Stevens, but he's not. In this IMBD, it will say afterwards he was, um, oh no, I already lost it. He was Princess Diaries, which is probably why I know him. He's the jock that her foot doesn't pop with. Yes. Okay. Now that you're saying this, I do remember that um, because I'm a big, or I was as a child, as a preteen probably, I should say, um, a big Eric Von Detten fan. Um, And you are thinking of the guy who was best friends with, Lewis, um, Shia LaBeouf's character. Right. He also had long blonde flippy hair. I think that was that was the time of the surfer boy, even though none of uh-huh. them surfed. Yeah, it's the hair that you're remembering. Probably. But I, I like could have sworn he was in it, but it's not yes. online, so I guess it's false. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to pull up the IMDb right now. Is this the guy from Riverdale? No. No. That's Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Another guy with floopy hair. Yeah, he also okay, had floopy gotcha. hair at the time of Freaky Friday. Yes. Was he in Freaky uh-huh. Friday? Yes. Oh, Chad Michael Murray was in Freaky Friday. Chad Michael Murray. Not Eric Von Detten. Okay. No. There's a lot of middle names. Yes. A <laughs> lot of blonde, floopy-haired demi-jocks that were in romantic comedies in the 90s. Okay. So here's what I think this movie's about. Go for it. I've got two different ideas. I'm going to float each one and see kind of like how it feels rolling off the tongue. <laughs> Do it, I believe. Clearly, they're doing all these, based on this poster, they're doing all these sweet maneuvers in the sky. So I'm seeing like a angels in the outfield kind of like spectral inline skaters, maybe. I like that a lot. Is that really what you think this movie's about? I've decided it is. And there's also a dog on a scooter. (laughs) (laughs) And they have a dog on a scooter. (laughs) My other one is based on the tagline, it takes a champ to stay in line. I'm thinking maybe he's some kind of like military brat who maybe gets into trouble and has to, you know, for whatever reason, to avoid getting into further trouble. He's got to straighten up his life, but he's also just super, super into the inline skating and is trying to reconcile his passion for that skate life with his new persona as a good, good boy who doesn't go to prison. (laughs) You know what? I think that that's a really great guess. 
I like both of those. You, we also said that it was a good guess when I thought the last one was about a dog being hunted by Russian spies. <laughs> so. I think that's because Aaron is discovering future Disney movies because these all sound amazing and I want to watch them. I was going to say I want them to be either of what you said, but I do not think that's what's actually going to happen. Although spectral skaters is now a thing that I need in my life. I'm going to assume it is like... Along with the line of, again, just knowing the, the the general feel of the time and the sports movies Disney was putting out, like Dakota already mentioned motocross, which I also love and I'm excited for when we get to it. Probably still won't know much about it. I haven't it. seen that one either. I remember like the main plot points. I don't remember it really. But um, I'm going to go with, you know, they're the skate kids that nobody takes seriously, but they take their sport really seriously and they're all about it and they're going to win. And there's some kind of competition that like their lives depend on. Like if they lose their skate park gets demolished or something. So it's all about them. They got to save the rec center. Exactly. So something like that, where there's big stakes to them, like fulfilling this passion project of we must win this competition because we're the greatest, our hearts are in it, and we're doing it for a good cause. That's kind of that's the feel of the movie, if not the actual things that happen in it. And then Christopher Lloyd <laughs> and the other skateboarding angels <laughs> come down and help them succeed. Correct. Yes, that is 100% that. I think that's what happens. Um, so, again, I know exactly what happens. I've seen the movie multiple times. I think that both of you have really great guesses. I'm not necessarily going to get any <laughs> further into it. I am going to say that Aaron's guess about having to straighten up for whatever reason and, you know, um, Andy's guess about there being some kind of competition are really both just on the money. Um, those are things in this movie. They're, those are the themes. Um, but there's a whole lot more to it. Um, there's a whole lot more once we get into the characters. I think all of you guys are going to be really excited about a couple of the characters. So, yeah. So, I can't wait to, to actually get to watch the movie. Yes, me too. I do want to... I'm, I'm Googling right now, so pardon me. But... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just Googled Brink and it immediately said Brink Homeland Security or Home Security. Apparently that's a security agency. Um, free sponsor. You're welcome. One of the photos that's popping Brink, up. Homeland Security. <laughs> Angels led by Christopher Lloyd. They'll protect your home. That's all I want, Aaron. That is that is my security system. <laughs> this movie, Eric Von Detten and Christopher Lloyd as a ghost. That's all I want. <laughs> Um, but today, but they're today. both far too old to do this. It, when I Googled it and I saw the, the poster as well as the IMBD, the best friend who looks like he's the tough guy, that's like his, his, his wingman, you know, his number two, with the dark long hair and the like scowl at the camera. I vaguely uh-huh. remember him, and I feel like he was the, the tough guy that even though he's, he's probably slightly an ass that all the girls liked because he has the floofy hair and the, the emo scowl. And I remember him. I don't know why I remember him, but like the two of them together, I'm like, yes, I've definitely seen you. Yeah, no idea. I'm going to. Yep. I am. He plays. Him. He plays. No, don't do too much. But I he just want to see the, the actor. Char- he plays the character Val um, in the movie. And he may be a good guy. He may be a bad guy. He may be neither. Chaotic neutral. Okay, so in addition to um, Eric Von Detten, his name is Sam Horrigan. Oh, I know exactly who this is, and we're going to have to save this for the next episode. Okay. I was like, I do recognize some of his IMBD stuff, and I'm sure if and when I dive into it, I'll know exactly who he is. But yeah, he he is very familiar to me, and I'm not 100% sure why yet. But his name is Sam Horrigan, so hello, Sam Horrigan. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Well... We're going to take a break, watch the movie, and we'll let you know what we think when we get back. I estimate myself um, rating this movie 10 out of 10, <laughs> whatever we're going to decide. I'm, I'm excited. We'll just, we'll see how it goes. All right. Join us in just a few. Bye. 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 Hey guys, Andy here. I'm just here once again to say a quick thank you to our friend Mike Rogers for the creation and use of our theme song. I also wanted to give you a heads up that at the end of this little break, you will be hearing a song called 
Come on Brink by Mark Mason and Rick Allen. It is the closing credits song from the movie Brink. And as soon as I heard it, I knew I had to put it in this podcast. It is hilarious to me and I hope you enjoy it. Just like last time, our artwork in our backing was made by me. Hopefully uh, by the next episode, which will air January 3rd. So uh, early Happy New Year. By that time, we will have a brand new backing for you. That'll be way better, way more professional, and just overall more beautiful. We commissioned it from a friend of mine, and I can't wait for you to see it. Just like last week, I wanted to let you know that we do have a brand new email. It is called dplusstudentspodcast at gmail.com. And all of us, meaning myself, Dakota, and Aaron, will have access to it. So feel free to reach out uh, and ask us anything that you'd like or get in touch if you'd enjoy the podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you again for listening. I hope you are having a great time exploring these old movies with us. And without further ado, I'll let us get to our review of Brink. Come on, Brink. Jump it, grind and pound it. Slam the ramps and show Hey guys, welcome back to D Plus Students. We took a break, we watched the movie, and we're back with you. So I think that now we're going to get into a summary of the movie and everything that we just watched. Um, Andy, you want to bring us in? Uh-oh. All right, let's see here. <laughs> oh my goodness, let's see. Where does it start? So it starts with um, this skater boy... Uh, What's his name? Von. His name's Val. Not Val. Uh, Andy Brink Brinkerson oh. or whatever. <laughs> oh, yes. But yes, I was yes, I was yes. thinking of the the dude with the three names, Von Shenanigans. Yes, Mr. Von, Von Shenanigans. Denton. Him, main character, swoopy dude. Um, he is like we discussed all about uh, inline skating, all about extreme sports. He's super excited. He's got a team of three best friends. Yep. Two dudes and the upside down beagle was actually a girl. <laughs> and she's a badass skater. That's his crew. They are soul skaters. They um are all about skating for the love of it. They don't believe in monetizing it and they don't believe in mixing like business with their jam. They look down on sponsored groups cuz they think mm-hmm. they're sellouts. Yep. So that group is Pete, Jordy, and Gabriella. So Pete is his best friend, the best friend who also, side note, many information, Eric Von Detten and the guy who plays Pete were also in a show together around the same time called So Weird, if anyone remembers that. I have heard of that. Maybe that's why I also knew him before Princess Diaries. It's super good. It's super, super good. (laughs) It's like, it was one of the darker, weirder Disney Channel shows at the time. Yes, I think I remember this. Disney Channel after dark. (laughs) Yes. His other friend, Jordy. What'd you say? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh. His other friend, Jordy. And then the, the female friend is Gabriella, which also, more information, she plays the best friend and lead singer of the band in Freaky Friday that Lindsay Lohan was in. Yes, I knew she looked familiar mm-hmm. also. And I feel like I remember yep. her singing. Okay. So anyway, that's that's the, the, the Brink crew, if you will. Okay. And then there is the, you know, the rival mean cool kids crew at school that are sponsored skaters. They think they're the shit. And they're all kind of assholes. They're led by Val, who we briefly discussed in the intro. He is way too pretty for his own good. <laughs> like, he is... Such an ass, <laughs> but he's got like chiseled cheekbones and pouty lips, and it's kind of really intense. Um, and he flips his hair a whole lot. He hates them, they hate him, they um, are constantly battling against each other. And Andy Brink Brinkerson's parents are having money troubles, so he is considering going out for do you remember the name of the team? They're the X Blades, uh, X Blades. Team X-Blades, so that's how you know they're super extreme <laughs> with an X. Um, and he considers going out for their team, and he's so good that Val wants him on his team, but they still hate each other. So Val is trying to kind of blackmail him for being on the team because Brink doesn't want his friends to know. And hijinks ensue when he is trying to 
hide the fact that he's doing this uh, practice with another team. After school, he's super busy. His friends feel betrayed when they find out. And then it all comes to a head at the final competition where Brink decides to leave the X-Blades for his soul skaters. And it all rides on the line to see who is the best, him or Val. Val, who's kind of a dick and doing it for the money and the fame, or Brink, who's doing it for the heart, for the soldiers. And you can kind of assume how that goes. Right, because it's a Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) Because we want heart. (laughs) So um, something I'm just going to add in, just to kind of um, flesh this out a little bit. To look, looking behind the curtain. We watched this movie a while ago, and this was a bit of a stretch for me. But I'm glad I kind of did, did it. You did great. Um, so his dad is um, home on disability. So that's that's why he needs the money specifically. And they end up doing kind of like a, a, a skate fight, if you will, at school. And Boomer, who is Val's best friend or one of his best friends, his kind of like... Uh, Lieutenant, I guess. Yeah, a person that's on X-Blades with him that's probably second in command, I guess, if that's the lieutenant. Boomer ends up getting hurt, and so they have an open spot on the team. And apparently everyone else that's in Venice Beach, California, sucks at skating. And so um, <laughs> so Val uh, invites... Everyone's incompetent. Yeah, so, so Brink finds out about it, finds out about the money that he could make, and goes to the audition. And of course, Val thinks he's absolutely the best, even though he hates him. So I thought that was a very interesting dynamic. Also, as a child, I was super attracted to Brink and to Pete. As an adult, okay, super attracted to Pete and to Val. So I don't know what that says about me. Right? But... I know, I agree. I think it's because Pete is such a good person in the movie like he is a solid best friend and he's got like a boyish face but not boyish as in creepy and then we outgrew the surfer thing and val just has like what am i call it characteristically good looks like i don't think it really goes out of style having like high cheekbones and like pouty lips it's kind of interesting to see it on a dude yeah but like he pulls it off really well He's very pretty. Yeah, because when you say high cheekbones and pouty lips, those are very feminine sounding features. But I would not say that he appeared in any way to be more feminine than masculine. Agree. Yeah. You pulled it off. Yeah, interesting. Way to, way to work with what you got. <laughs> you look amazing. All right. Join me over in the corner, the information <laughs> corner. Oh, okay. Ooh. So this is a big part of my research today was based on Boomer. And his apparent injury. Okay. Because he hit his knee on a railing, right? That's how he went down. We replayed this scene like 35 times. So (laughs) Boomer is played by Walter Emanuel Jones, best known for his role as the Black Power Ranger. He was 28 years old when he played this movie. All right. So Boomer, during the skate battle, it apparently takes a rail to his leg and is in a cast for a small part of the movie and is out of competition, which makes room for Brink to join the team. Um, However, if you actually watch the footage, he turns to his side and takes it on his right side and then falls to a ground. We later see his left leg in a cast, which leads me to think that there was something really suspicious with this. So I've talked to a couple of people who work in the medical field, and the most common injury associated with inline skating, weirdly enough, is wrist, elbow, and then knee injuries. When people fall, they put their arms out to try and catch themselves. Right. So his whole leg, his entire leg being in a cast and not the side that he like directly hits the rail with, I would like to supposit that... Boomer doesn't want to be on the team anymore and is faking his injury. I like that. We later see him like stand up for Brink when Brink tries to leave the team. I think it all works. I think so too because Boomer is like he's never fully a dick. Like he follows Val around in the beginning of and like by the beginning I mean like the first 15 minutes of the movie and then afterwards he's kind of like silent in the background like they keep mentioning him and he sits with them at lunch but he doesn't do anything except for stand up for the soul skaters brink especially right so i love boomer he's he might be one of the favorite characters he's really sweet mm-hmm. as far as just who he is as a person 
Um, he cares about people. He cares about his team. He cares about both teams, um, which I think just means that he has a very caring heart, which again brings us back to the theme of the movie being all about heart. I do not think that he is faking his injury though, because at at the end of the day, that could be a, a form of, a form of income for him. And I don't think that he would necessarily turn his back on getting paid. Um, We also don't know what the time um, span is. I feel like they probably said it at the beginning of the movie when the championship was. And I know that like it was it was impending like it was coming very quickly because when Brink is not showing up for practices, they're getting really annoyed with him because, you know, we're running out of time. But so I don't know how long it took for that knee or ankle or whatever was going on to heal. I don't know exactly what that that time frame is but I I don't think that Boomer is faking it at all I think that he really did get hurt and I think that he hit the rail on his right side he landed on his left side and you know hurt his I think it I think it is his knee because we see him later he's taped from ankle all the way up like under his um basketball shorts kind of thing so yeah I'm gonna go with Boomer not faking okay all right well to get through with my fact list here we again we don't see the we don't get any specified time but it takes between six to eight weeks for a broken leg to heal. Um, it takes about breaking knee to heal. It takes about eight to ten weeks for a broken hip to recover. And we also never see him make any attempt to rejoin the team, despite the fact that we later see him like casually walking around. Do we? I remember him in the stands in the final, but I thought he was still in his cast during the final. Well, in the scene where he walks off with Brink having thrown a milkshake on mm-hmm. Val. Oh, that's yeah. true. He was there with Val and his crew, so it would it would stand to reason that he had rejoined the team or that he was enjoying lunch with them. That's right, that's because that's when Brink throws the skates on the pizza and says he's quit. And mm-hmm. I think he's quit for the second time then at that point, yes. right? Okay. So he throws the skates on the pizza something about how Val you're always going to be a jerk you're nothing but a jerk kind of a thing throws the milkshake in his face Boomer stands up and stops Val from pummeling Brink to a pulp and then walks away with Brink okay so yeah okay um I think that he was still probably part of the team at that point but just well, I think wasn't. at that point he was kind of like the equivalent of a water boy. Like, I think he was, like, mm. still honorary on the team. But initially, during the first competition that Brink performs with the X-Blades, um, he was, they said, it's only for this competition because Boomer's not ready. And then afterwards, they go, hey, Boomer won't be ready for the championship. You're still in. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe he was well enough to be out and about, but not well enough to skate. So I feel like at that point he was like still being honored as an X-Blade, but was not able to compete for them. He was not up to standard. Standard or wellness, general wellness. Right. So then I think that he's going to, I don't know, like, is he going to join? That's a really interesting point that Aaron brings. Is he going to join Team Puppin' Suds or is he going to... <laughs> To just stop skating altogether. I don't know. I would assume that he would just like do it for the fun of it when he's well. At the end, you do see him in the stands cheering for his friends. I Again, I assumed slash I misremembered that he was still in a cast at that point. And I thought he was enjoying the sport from afar since he could not participate. So I would assume he'd keep up with it. Maybe not at a sponsorship level. Yeah, I mean, all of that checks out. I just, it seems really suspicious to me. <laughs> I like it. I like the digging. Now, back to Team Suds and Pup. Pup and Suds. <laughs> is that it? Pup and Suds. I like Suds and Pup, yes. So, um, not having any information on there, I decided to figure out how much... Alright, so Pup and Suds team is founded when Brink takes out a three-month advance from his boss to buy gear for his team so that they can also compete in championship with like an equal quality gear. Right. So I did some research. How much does it, the cost of their gear, how much of a loan did he take out for three months? And the average cost of a competitive set of skates was about $156. It can get much higher than that. The rest of their gear also being about... Uh, $160 for helmets and like regulation style pads. Is this mm-hmm. in $1998? That is in $1998. Cool. 
Um, the entrance fee for this competition, I could obviously this competition is fake. So all this information <laughs> I got from the X Games website. 1997 and 1998 were both uh, years the X Games were held in San Diego. So I'm totaling that between all the gear he needs and four people, it would cost about $1,220 to outfit this whole crew just in their gear. Minimum wage at the time was $5.15. Good Lord. So it actually checks out that he could potentially have just gotten a loan for three Three months. months. Okay. To bankroll this whole operation. What kind of, um, how many hours was he working a week after school? I don't know that they said. I gave him uh, four hours, but that's probably a overestimation. However, can we talk about how insane it is for this business owner to be like, I've got this irresponsible kid who's got all these other activities. I'm going to give him an advance for three months. <laughs> yeah, I will say that was a very goodwill gesture. Um I was waffling for a bit because I was like, in my head, I'm like, they're taking advantage of this kid. Now he's essentially their slave for three months and they they didn't like choose to sponsor him. They're just getting free publicity while getting the next three months free. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that kind of is a big risk. Like they're allowing him to take out a significant amount of money in the in favor for some free advertisement so like i kept going back and forth in my head like the first time i listened to it i was like that seems not cool that he is now working for free for three months while he pays this off like he is a high school student that shouldn't be fair but then i'm like well that's what businesses do they they're taking a chance and getting some publicity and now the, they have to earn it back. So I'm like, I I kept, uh, initially I thought it was really rude and kind of sketchy. And then I was like, no, that, that does make sense. And especially as Aaron, you just said, it is a risk. He was not amazing at his job, I'm assuming. They kept showing him falling asleep in different parts of his life because he became so busy with two sets of practices, school and work, uh, basically every day or, or so it seemed. That I was like, that's actually very nice. They're believing him enough to be like, okay, you will continue to uphold your uh, responsibility to me and also we will help you out so I was like that's okay I'll 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 decide it's nice <laughs> I think it was a huge risk for the the company to yeah. decide that they were going to go ahead and give him this money um, especially I since think... they seem to be a uh, mom and pop shop like it's his dad's friend right right so I mean that, that might also have something to do with it like I know that you know if you, if you I know where you live kind of a situation <laughs> if you're just gonna ghost on me but at the same time like I think I don't think it's taking advantage of him at all I think that he made a choice and yeah. he asked if he could have the money up front and they were very kind and said yes so yeah I mean you take out a loan you have to pay it back and I will say that's ballsy of him like good job he is clearly a negotiator um, hi guys, sorry we're suffering a little bit of technical difficulties on my end, so once again Dakota and I will be recording into the same microphone. Sorry if this causes a problem, we will do our best to address it. Okay, so I think when we left off we were finishing up Aaron's information corner. We were talking about the the, the responsibilities of uh, the Pup and Suds Corporation. <laughs> right, disability law has changed quite a bit over the years, but... Doesn't it seem easier to give the dad the job washing the dogs if this friend just like has this company and is looking for help? Why wouldn't they use the dad? Well, because it's his back. That's what I was thinking too. Like not at the time, but when we were discussing the fact that they gave this teenage boy who's very busy a job. But it might have something to do with the law. Like he might not be legally allowed to work anywhere while still collecting disability. I do not know. That's possible, but also, I mean, if you saw him trying to wrangle that dog in that, like, comical, you know, stream of events throughout the day, there's no way a, a dad with a bad back could wrangle that dog like that. That's fair. I, I understand. So, Brink and his friends. Can we talk about the X-Blades for a minute? Because these guys are some real douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> the two blonde dudes, that one's very short and one's very tall, clearly older than everybody else. I hate them so much. <laughs> They're such butts. At one point, Brink is trying to join the team he's auditioning mm-hmm. for them. And 
he's like, yeah, I'm only here because my family needs the money. And the short guy's like, oh, does Grammy need a new kidney? What a dickhead. Right? They're such assholes. Oh, no, you're trying to take care of a sick loved one? Is that <laughs> why you need the money, big man? <laughs> yeah, this uh, they sort of redeem themselves in the end, once, but only once they realize that Val is a total dickweed. But also, like, it so, surprises me that they didn't know Val was a total dickweed. They spent more time with him than anybody, and then at the very end, they do a complete turnaround where they're like, we didn't know, we're so sorry. We're like, no, but you are also an asshole. What the fuck? <laughs> No, I think I think that there's a difference between being a jerk and being like cruel and heartless and, and actually harmful and harmful to people. Mm-hmm. But like he really hurt Gabriella and then at the end he was really trying to hurt Brink and I think that's what people like I mean, I know a lot of people that are jerks but are harmless jerks kind of a thing, yeah. you know, not not going to actually physically harm someone for This to is win. how they set up the difference between Val and Brink's character right at the beginning when um, Boomer is injured. So the reason Boomer is injured by hitting himself on the rail is because, of course, it's the first day of school and the Soul Skaters and the X-Blades got beef immediately. And they're like, you want to see who's best? We'll skate around school. We're not supposed to skate around school. Chicken, we're going to do it anyway. So they set up a relay race and Soul Skaters are winning. Well, it's back and forth the entire time to keep the edge up. But then it's down to the final two in the relay and Brink is winning and then Boomer gets injured. Mm-hmm. It's Pete. It's Pete. And Val um, and, and Brink are the last and Boomer is supposed to hand off to Brink. To, right, to right, Val. Right, to Val. Um, so to many Val. nicknames. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brink's team gets to him first and he starts skating away to win when Boomer gets injured. And Val is annoyed that he's not finishing the relay, so Val can't move on to finish the race. And he just kind of, like, keeps reaching for him, like, hey, you're writhing on the ground, touch my hand so I can skate off and win this thing. And Brink, who has already been uh, handed the baton and is on his way, stops to help Boomer and starts instructing the students that are, like, gathering around to get a nurse even though it means they all get in trouble for skating on property. Right. Again, because he has heart and because that's the right thing to do. He and the X-Bait Blades are practicing after his soul skaters already feel um, betrayed by him. Val thinks it'd be fun to make Brink skate against Gabrielle, or is it Gabriella? Gabriella. Gabriella. In the hardest and most dangerous task, and then he sabotages it so Gabriella would get hurt. And she does, very seriously. Um, And of course, Brink again does not finish the race in order to help his friend, even though she's mad at him. And Val calls him an idiot, like, you don't even have the brains to finish the race. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then at the very end during the competition, when the rest of X-Blade's team realizes Val's a dick, because Val fakes an injury, or yeah, Val fakes an injury in order to get Brink to stop and says, fuck yeah, this is what I was counting on. You're a moron. And then like pushes him away and tries to finish the race. So I liked that this was a reoccurring theme, but it wasn't um, super predictable because Val did it in different ways. Each time he was a, a cheating and or just an asshole who didn't care about anybody, but he was also very, like, cunning about it, and I appreciated that it wasn't just the same again and again and again. The only constant was that Brink was trying to help, even though it was the other team, friends that were mad at him, or his worst enemy. Like, they set it up that Brink is all heart, and I thought that was really nice. Well, back to him constantly, like, rushing to people's help and him using to that to his advantage. The first time we meet Val, he pushes someone down and the whole gang like runs out of the pipe to check on them oh you're right and that's when he takes possession of the pipe so that he and his crew can have their photo shoot done or whatever that's a good point i completely forgot about that that's true and then when we the first time or one of the first times we see him interacting with the soul skaters on the first day of school he throws pete's shoes up on the the wire there yep he's just a big bully but there's a whole lot of psychopaths in this one <laughs> because at one point to get back at him, they steal his sandwich and fill it up with earthworms yep. and then let him eat it. Yep. That's the funniest part of the whole movie. I did. I mean, I, I would not be remotely okay if uh, somebody did this to me because, ew. 
But I did love the, uh, what I think it was, don't be a... Don't be a wuss. Don't be a wuss. They held up signs um, to keep him quiet because uh, when Val was bullying Pete, he was like, if you tell, I know you're just being a wuss. So then they do this thing with the earthworms and immediately he's about to tell a teacher and they just hold up signs in front of him that say, don't be a wuss. And I thought that was so well coordinated. Definitely a movie moment, but really funny. There's a whole lot of things that if you get real close into it oh yeah uh don't hold up <laughs> for instance a minor can't enter into a legally binding contract without an adult like physically i being did present. think that was sketchy especially because they're played off as a sketchy team and he's very the manager of the x plates is very oiled up sleazy man making a backroom deal with what like a 16 year old a 17 year old at most so creepy and then he's like, oh, your parents know? Your parents okay with this? No, you need parental signature. Yeah. Where are the checks going? Yeah. Does he have a bank account? This is an activity in which you can be injured. Like, <laughs> There are also moments where Val turns to Gabriella and tells her to go back to Mexico. Yep. Like, things that absolutely would not hold up I mean, unfortunately it does. But they wouldn't put it in a movie, I think, now. Like, I thought it was very palpable or uh interesting that this was a thing you know 20 years ago and it's still a to showcase a bully and it's still a thing that is happening today I'm like, i guess Damn. that's true yeah and she's like puerto rican right yeah peru. peru peru i'm sorry you're right i do like that she brings up her culture she talks about her mom and her extended family and their traditions and she makes fun of them in a way that is like you know, someone from that culture would make fun of him. It's not an outsider. Right. She can Like do that. Val being a dick. And I thought that was really fun. Yeah. So I'm looking through my notes here because you guys know I always have a list of notes that I like to bring up. And I'm going to kind of skip over the things that we've already talked about. But the very, the very beginning of the movie, basically, he's talking to, I think he's talking to the, the guys at the at the skate park and he says you know when you woke up today did you say today i'm gonna talk or today i'm gonna skate and then immediately i was like i love this movie so much <laughs> like that's what i wrote and then gabrielle is like yeah you're gonna talk you're gonna skate and she's just so cool and i i remember wishing that i was more like gabriella she was really sporty and really just tough yeah. and i thought that was very very cool i also wrote i love all of the music that is in this movie all of it absolutely everything Brink always running late seems to be an always thing. Brink and his best friend are from So Weird. Gabrielle is the best. Okay, all these notes. Soul skating. Brink, snap your helmet closed. And this is something <laughs> that happens so many times. Yeah, he's constantly just flying around with a helmet that is not attached to his head. I'm like, dude. <laughs> right. I don't see, I think Gabriella maybe, but there's no person who actually wears their safety equipment like fully like maximized for its potential <laughs> i'm concerned about their safety everyone that you do see that has it snaps also has like three inches of a hang between their chin yeah like this this will do you no good <laughs> <laughs> and then not everyone is wearing the elbow pads at a certain like i noticed that a couple of times yeah and then his dad at one point says, why don't you wear something that doesn't look like you let the air out of it? And I thought that was hilarious because, as you guys know, it's time for our fashion review. <laughs> and I don't think that this could have gotten any more 90s. No, it was perfect. <laughs> Everybody was in something that was like eight sizes too large for them. I would like to point out the star of the show fashion-wise is the excess amount of wallet chains. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is incredible i think that you know they're all in really sporty gear um for a lot of the movie and they're in a lot of their pup and suds or team x plates there's not a lot to talk about there the them not using their basic ppe and their protective equipment the way that it needs to be is concerning and then other than that they're basically just wearing what you would think skaters in 1998 would be wearing the baggy t-shirts the huge jeans the but then i'm like i don't know how they move in those huge jeans like right? i feel like every everyone today wears leggings with as much spandex as possible <laughs> with all of the um with all of the extreme sports that they're doing right right aren't they afraid of things getting caught in things I guess for, like, blades, it's not as intense as, like, if you were biking. But right. still, like, that all seems like a trip hazard. 
and um, Gabriella wearing her dress on the first day of school, I thought I was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that also um, when Dakota was talking about how sporty and like goals she is, because she's so much fun. She is a gonna roast you kind of gal, and I love her. But she shows up first day of school in a dress and everybody, you see the guy's faces before you see her. And everyone's like, oh my God, have you seen her? It's terrible. Is she okay? And you think she's going to be like injured or something happened? You would think that she would have tried to bleach her hair and it's orange now or something. And she shows up and she's in a very 90s like short uh, slip dress with like I think a choker and wearing like normal shoes like not heels but normal shoes and she is like don't you fucking say a word and they're like oh my god are you all right like no one makes fun of her i don't think for being girly they're more like why are you wearing that that's not you and then she goes off about her mom being like every girl wears a dress on the first day of school in peru and she's like oh we're not in peru and i fucking hate this and she's prepared enough that she brings a change of clothes um to school, which seem even baggier than her normal clothes. They feel like an older brother's eight times too big clothes. And because Pete gets his shoes thrown away, she sacrifices her comfort and gives him her shoes, which I think is also funny, but very nice. Funny, but very sweet. Again, all about the heart. All about the all heart All about here. the heart. She's like, here you go. Because uh, they all skated to school. So if he didn't have his shoes, he couldn't go in. See, this movie could pretty much just be on the Hallmark Channel because they're all about <laughs> heart there too. So. <laughs> but it's so precious. And I just like that everybody knows not to mess with Gabriella. She is the bestie. And she's out of, um. besides Brink, I think she's the best skater on the team, which is also really nice. I um so I really love the fact that these are about friends hanging out and there's not an element where she is the romantic interest at any point. Yes. Love that. She's just the friend that is awesome and hangs out with them. And I think that that's like a healthy from a role model standpoint to like you can just be friends. Yeah, not everybody has to be your lover. Totally agree. I do think that her and Pete would be super cute together, but that's besides the point. She would roast the shit out of him, but yes. <laughs> But I do feel like he can also handle it. Yeah. Like, he's there. He knows what he's getting into. Yeah. So I think that's it for Fashion Corner, right? I'm not calling it Fashion Corner, but for the fashion that's review here. The fashion review. I have cornered the market on corners for this particular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there cannot be that many corners. We'll do the fashion alley, the fashion hallway. <laughs> the fashion cul-de-sac. <laughs> Join me in the fashion alley. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Next down on my list, Dad's at Home on Disability, Brink's Friends, Pete, Jordy, Gabriella, Val is friends with Boomer, Gabriella equals love. Talking about the family dynamic, I think that was really interesting. The mom's a realtor and the Mm -hmm. dad is out on disability. So we've talked a little bit about family dynamics in every one of the reviews that we've done. This one has the mom and dad actually still married, which is not what has happened in any of the previous movies. You know, they also have a little sister, Katie, who shows up in other Disney Channel original movies She's in the future. a smart house. I recognized her immediately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think she did other things. She probably Like did. that in the, in the 90s. I didn't necessarily look her up. But I thought it was really cool that the family unit was together and they were united. However, the, this family still had adversity and still had issues. Um, but it looks like they were in a super nice house in obviously Southern California. Venice Beach, I think, is the Southern California, right? Something like that. Um, So super nice house. I'm sure it was, you know, more expensive. Mom's a realtor. Dad is a foreman of a construction site. They're doing okay. You know, the kids are in public school, but this was, this is a family that is definitely um, doing, doing okay for themselves. They're able to let Brink go and be a skater whenever he wants. Really interesting. I loved the dad's kind of arc. I love that he had, I love that he had a lot of screen time and that we got to see him, you know, processing the trauma of not being able to to work at that moment, processing, dealing with Brink and Katie and his kids and being, you know, at home more while the wife was out trying to, to work and, and do more um, more house showings. And then, interestingly, you know, the conversations that he has with Brink, I think that, I'm not sure if it's, the com- you know, he picks Brink up from school and he has that argument with him on the first day when yes, he was suspended. because he was suspended on his first day of school mm-hmm, for escaping. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he was like, I think this is a record. Yeah. But then, the you know, the pep talk with Dad at the end. And I think that this is when they were in the garage. Yes. Um, is when they have the pep talk. And, you know, something to get a little bit personal about me as Dakota. I'm going through a change right now where I am changing jobs. And... I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago when I was deciding that I was going to do that. And I cried watching this movie. Uh, I've been crying a lot lately because it's just an emotional time. And, and you know, we're moving and, and we have so much going on right now. But the pep talk with Dad was specifically, you know, about being what you do versus who you are. Because the dad very much identified himself as being a construction foreman. And who is he if he's not a construction foreman? But he's all these other things. He's a dad. He's um, a husband. He's a provider. He's a friend. And talking about bring, and again, having heart, being, you know, a, a good friend and a, a, a great athlete or, and other things like that. A good student, a good son. Not just being all about skating and that he doesn't have to make that a career kind of a thing. And he and there's some other tidbits in there, but I bawled my eyes out, which I don't know if I watched this movie at a different point in time in my life, if I would have necessarily cried. Otherwise, just thinking that it was kind of heart-wrenching and, and sweet. But, it, you know, I can't agree more about what you do versus actually who you are. I also liked his arc and I thought it was very realistic, which is great. Like he wasn't like super mean and then super nice. He wasn't all about, I'm going to support you in skating forever. It was a, I still disapprove of how much you're skating, but it what's me, it's what makes you happy. And in order to be a good father and a good role model to you, I want you to do what you love, but not make it your entire life because in at first I didn't like him like he was very one note of this guy's too happy he's skating all the time doesn't he have any responsibilities right. oh he got uh suspended from school I can't believe this is my son and like everything like that while praising the younger daughter because she's a very um type a seeming she, she's got a very small role but she's she seems very type a and school and detail oriented and he's like yeah she's gonna go far this guy is slacking and I thought it was kind of a nuisance like a funny or a you know like throwaway disapproving parent joke where the mom's just trying to keep the peace but then towards the end like Dakota said he has a very open heart to heart and and Brink's not even sure you can talk to him about it because he's been doing the sponsorship skating behind his back he was specifically told not to do it because his dad thinks it's just another way of slacking off he's like oh you want you already spend all your time skating and now you want to me to let you skate as a job no thanks right yeah so he's like nervous about talking to his dad about his situation because he specifically did what his dad told him not to, but he's nervous about his friends. He feels bad that they all are mad at him. He doesn't think he's made the right life choices. And the dad just straight up goes, hey, I taught you to skate. I didn't think it was going to be your whole life. I don't think it should be your whole life, but you're a good son and you're a good friend and I know you'll figure it out and this is my experience and it was just really lovely and he was just like I will if you do the competition I will be there to support you um not I'm going to be your number one fan and only let you do this from now on because it's what you want it was just it was very measured in that I'm still the responsible adult that has to rein you in but I want to support your passions and I thought that was really nice yeah because I feel like it's a great you know not just a, a one note as you said like looking at a dad being a hard kind of all I do is work and you know kids are whatever it, it, you know it's again it's things that we fall in love with Disney Channel original movies for um, is is the the family dynamic and and just the way that he supports his kid and I really think that this brings Brink back around to soul skating and so then he he comes back out with kind of a renewed passion not that he wasn't passionate about skating even when he was on Team X Blades he's very good and it's really what he loves to do and he has a lot of fun you can tell but I think that it brings him back to I'm doing this because of who I am and what I want to do again I just I just can't get over the the whole what you do versus who you are and it felt very it felt very Disney it was a very Disney moment um yeah but like you said it's a very important moment and it can affect you at all your times in life because like you were saying with the changing jobs like you associate yourself with certain parts of your life and sometimes you have to step back and realize no I am who I am, plus I do these things, and it's okay for those things to change. Right. And that's so important. And being someone who has completely identified who they are with what job they had, especially for the first several years prior to getting married and things, I, I could not agree with this whole sentiment more. 
So the dad is played by David Graff, um, born in Lancaster, Ohio. He is most noted for his role in Police Academy as Sergeant Tackleberry. <laughs> yeah, he tragically died of a heart attack in oh. 2001, nine days before his 51st birthday. So, like, rest in peace, man. It was... It was really yeah. good. Yeah, you had a you had a very good career. Yeah. Obviously, that's very sweet, like, the message that he portrays. He does an awesome father figure character, uh, yeah. as well as kind of a crazy gun nut police academy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, tragic loss of an actor. Yeah, he was really good. So then I'm looking and I see... Uh, I had Brink's bedspread, um, it, or it was something very, very similar <laughs> to it. It was from Walmart at the time, and I'm sure that some listeners out there are going to have had this bedspread. It had all these little squares on it, and it was blue and green and purple. And then uh, Pete and Brink have a combo on the house phone, and then Pete has to go before Brink can actually break news to him that he's joined Team X-Blades because he felt that he could tell Pete that, but then at the then the time passes and then he doesn't tell him. And I was like, yet another thing that would not happen with cell phones because we would Instagram it <laughs> or we would text and or FaceTime or something. Oh, yeah. Like if X-Blades was as big as they said it was and like Aaron said in the beginning, they were doing a photo shoot in a magazine. There would be so much coverage on this new team member. Right. He would not be kept secret. Right. But like, you know, if they're putting it in a magazine... It's going to take three or four weeks for everything to go to print or, you know, I don't, I know that news happens daily and people print newspapers, but however, if they're doing like a feature on Team X Blades, that would be the next month's issue. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then what else do I have? Oh, home economics class. I love it. Yeah. As someone who wishes that she had gotten to take home ec and is in a field in which home ec would have been very helpful. I, I love that they're in home ec baking or cooking, no less. And they're all wearing very cute aprons. And I thought that it was great. I did get to take home ec and it did remind me of my classes because I was very lucky. It was required in middle school and I think it was an elective that I chose in high school. And I was with friends that were in high school. I was friends with mostly guys. And I'm in a kitchen baking with like four dudes that don't know what they're doing not that I can say I knew what I was doing but it just was very reminiscent for me and I thought it was hilarious because all of us goofing off like covered in baking soda or powder or you know cooking poorly was something that I did <laughs> and like it's definitely a movie moment that you see in a lot of high school like comedy sections but this was a real thing for me and I enjoyed seeing the guys that were you know skaters and Gabriella who part of her identity is not being one of the girls covered in flour and aprons was very cute agreed um I just had a random thought there was the vice principal who Val almost snitches on and I assume there was an adult in the scene where Boomer gets hurt we never see like any teachers <laughs> that's true they were alone in the kitchen there wasn't even a class going on <laughs> it was the four of them no instructor <laughs> maybe they're just like this is the kitchen right. cook if you want <laughs> this is what they do on like their break is they just run into the kitchen and start making pastries <laughs> They're well-rounded individuals. What can we say? <laughs> the rest of my notes here say, um, with the the Invitational, um, I remember that, if you guys know, that's where Gabriella and Pete and Jordy go and they try to check out the competition because they hear that Team X-Blades has a new member on the team. Find out it's Brink. We got all that confusion. This would have been solved with a simple Google image search because I think that <laughs> if they had had the opportunity to pull it up on their phone, Google it, then they would have seen Andy Brink Brinker. But again, it, it would have been all over the news outlets. And they would, of course, follow all of those social media. So uh, a, a moot point at this point. Yeah. Uh, Brink does a great run through then. Um, Gabriella attacks Brink at one point in time and starts hitting him. And I was like, oh, this is kind of scary. And who's going to pull her off of him? And then the boys do. And then also he Brink gets this cash bonus from the creepy manager dude. Not something that could happen. Like, he needs a receipt for that and a paper trail. <laughs> Right. Yeah, this adult man is just handing out cash to kids at a skating rink. <laughs> right. The biggest villain in this is the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I have, I love to hate Val. And then I said, then Val's racist. Never mind. That's literally what my notes say. Um, and I, I think that's where he's telling Gabriella to go back to, to Mexico or whatever, whatever he says. Probably. Really terrible things. Um, and I think that's it for my notes here that I have um, my stream of consciousness notes that I take during watching the movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say it plays in the movie. Like you see he's stressed, Brink is stressed, and he's trying to tell his teammate, tell Pete, because Pete is obviously the most trustworthy and the nicest and he was gonna be like hey this is what's happening because the thing is um again he's doing it for the money for his family because his dad is on unemployment they don't know when he's going to be able to go back to work and he overhears his parents having a tough money discussion which is not fun for any um child especially one like brink who's trying to be so carefree and realizes he can help by aligning with his enemies but it again it plays he he you sh- you see his reasoning but if you break it down it's really sketchy how he like treats his team because he is trying to um you know hide the fact that he's the new member on this the X plays which is their direct competition in the invitational and then the the final and he keeps avoiding the issue by being like oh don't go watch them practice their new guy can't be that great um don't go to the invitational i'm not free just uh don't worry about it and like it's it's again you you know the rationale behind it but it's kind of i would also be very upset if i've been told hey don't do this thing and then you go there and it's because your your best friend is specifically lying and just keeping you away from from the thing and also i thought it was funny that like he doesn't use a different name because i assumed if he's trying to keep it secret and he doesn't want people to know even if he's like you know being hidden as the exploit's new secret weapon and there's no um daily post or uh photo with his face on it they're like and next up is andy brink brinker over a microphone to a bunch of crowds that are supposedly going to be covered in some way in some magazine in the future if this is a big competition i think he was just planning on doing the one competition and then being out and then he was initially like it was just the invitational because boomer was injured and they were like okay um he's like just this one and my team won't do it because they'll be down a member but they won't know why then when they freak out and they're they are rightly mad at him they go oh well boomer won't be ready for the final so you're gonna stay for the final and that's when he's really torn about like this wasn't what i signed up for and also now my friends are pissed at me because i fucked up and that's where like his his uh turmoil with his uh dad i think comes in and the the heart-to-heart discussion and also um Gabriella plays a big role in his coming around also because when she is injured because of Val and he realizes that Val's not just a dick but like could have killed her they're doing a very fast downhill race and he purposely um trips her essentially on gravel makes it unsafe conditions for her right very dangerous and she's very injured she can't use one of her arms for a while she's pretty banged up you know like road rash for i'm assuming a tens of feet he goes to visit her and she kind of tells him like hey it's not just that you lied it's that soul skating is something that we do because we love it and you're kind of selling out and you're lying so like who are you becoming and it kind of makes him start down his process of this isn't what i should be doing my friends are not only emotionally hurt but now physically hurt and I am selling out. Yeah, um, that was one of the observations that I made. We understand that Brink is doing it for his family and kind of some of the struggles that they're facing in that regards. But under his own definition of what it means to be a sellout, he kind of is a sellout. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it for the money. If it's something you're passionate about and it's something you can make money with, like, yeah, man, go for it. But like, I don't know. It seems like a weird journey to be like, well, I had a good reason and that's why it's okay for me. But, you know, Val might have had a reason. Boomer might have had a reason. Like, there's no reason to, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a mix. Again, you follow Andy Brink and you know that he's the hero of the story and he is a good guy. But there are obviously some hinky situations that he gets himself into. I will also say, like, just now that I'm older and, you know, living alone off you know what i can make i thought it was a little holier than thou (laughs) for gabriella because like when he's like i'm so sorry like we needed the money like my family is really struggling and she just goes we could all use the money 
And I'm like, yeah, but like his his parents are afraid of losing their house. <laughs> like I was like, she didn't delve into um, why he needed the money. And again, that's not the point of the movie. So he didn't need to. Um, he did have a reason. He earned some money and then he backed out of it. But like also like today is a, a hustle culture. If you can do a thing, you should be making money for it. That's the way our current society works. So for me, like, yeah. If I could make money sewing and do it on my own time and it's something that I love and I didn't need a nine to five, like, or multiple jobs, like, why wouldn't I? Like, to me, that's a great idea. And the fact that that is being judged so harshly as you no longer do it for the love of it, that means you clearly suck. I'm like, well, that's kind of harsh. It's not necessarily a one for one there. 20 years ago, when you're 15 or 17, like, of course, that's how you're going to see the world. So, yeah, I was a little... I, I felt a little judged, <laughs> but I it, that that was the tone of the movie, and in the span of the movie, it works, and that is the correct message. Right? Yeah, I think that all makes sense, and I think that that really is a a good note to end on. You know, again, it's all it's all about um, having heart and doing things because you love to do them, and um, being who you are um, versus just just what you do. So I think it's time to rate the episode. Or rate the rate the movie. Yeah. At which point I am giving it ten out of ten of whatever <laughs> <laughs> of whatever we decide this uh this factor is gonna be. So the rating system that I'm going to use today is going to be what is easily the best descriptor for this movie, and that is a bologna on white with extra mayo sandwich. No, <laughs> This is the whitest movie that was ever made. No, 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 no. I mean, you're not wrong. Yes, you are. But... Yes, you are. <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of uh, mostly white high schoolers in Venice Beach that are uh, inline skating. <laughs> right. All right. So, Coda, you're giving this movie. <laughs> I'm giving this movie 10 out of 10 chocolate milkshakes. Because I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going with your rating. Chocolate system. milkshakes to Val's face. Ten out of ten chocolate milkshakes to Val's face. All right, I'm gonna go eight out of ten chocolate milkshakes to Val's face. And yes, I'm aware that I've given every movie an eight so far, <laughs> but I feel like this one's a little discerning. I am gonna again split the difference, and I'm gonna say like eight and a half to nine. Very high cheekbones. <laughs> um, slash chocolate milkshakes to the Val's face. Because it is, it's still not my favorite. There are parts that are problematic, but it's so good. So you know, what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a hard nine. Okay. All right. I really liked it. It was good. Good choice, Dakota, on favorite movie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my favorite. So with an eight, nine, and ten, that makes the that makes our average rating for this one a nine. So nine out of ten uh, chocolate milkshakes to Val's face. I love this movie. I hope that you guys loved this movie. The whole time I'm sitting there with my cheeks, like my hands around my cheeks, just so excited. And Aaron's just staring at me watching the movie. And I'm like, but it's so good. There's an entire separate viewing when you watch Dakota watch this movie as opposed to actually watching it. Oh, I don't doubt it. It sounds marvelous. I can picture like I can I can picture you vibrating with excitement, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I think that that's what we have here. Uh, you know, we loved Brink. Um, nine out of ten chocolate milkshakes to Val's face. And um, stay tuned for our next episode, which I don't actually know what we're doing. Halloween Town. It's Halloween Town. Okay. Oh it's goodness. Halloween Town. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, stay tuned for more. Bye. Bye. Bye.